Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I am Steve Wiseman, the Duke Beat writer from the Raleigh News and Observer, joined as always by our co-host, Sheldon Williams, the Duke Athletics Hall of Famer, number jersey retired up in the uh, rafters at Cameron. Midweek, big week at Cameron Indoor Stadium, big win over Wake on Tuesday night, big game on Saturday with UNC. Sheldon, how are you feeling this week? How you how you doing? I'm good. I mean, anytime you play against, uh, you know, the other shade of blue, you know, it's always going to be a great game to actually, you know, be a part of and actually want to watch. So it's very exciting, very emotional week, uh, especially uh, coming into the games, you know, the whole history behind Tobacco Road. That's one of the things that kind of, kind of drew me into, uh, you know, <laughs> playing at Duke and everything, just, you know, watching that on TV, you know, being a part of it. So it's, it's going to be exciting. I know uh, it's now even more exciting because we, uh, we're coming from a win going into the game. So now it's going to be even more exciting game for us to watch and everything. Duke's coming off a win. Carolina's coming off a loss. Uh, one point at home to Pitt. Uh, that means Pitt swept Carolina this year. They beat him twice already. So uh, Jeff Cable's got it going up there. Duke fans you know, like to hear about Jeff and what he's got going on uh, for sure. So that's going to leave. You know, the Tar Heels going to be in a raw mood when they come to Cameron, right? That's They're going to come off a loss. Um, that's not what they want, but, uh, Duke, Duke played very well against Wake Forest on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to break that, that game a little bit. Another great night of, of offense for the blue devils. That's a couple two or three games thrown now. They've shot the ball better than what they had before. So we're definitely going to uh, look at that and see maybe why they're doing that and how that bodes for the rest of the season. Cause if they can shoot well like that, uh, that's going to be a good sign for how far they can go in ACC, uh, and NCAA tournaments. But before we go any further, I want to remind everybody that uh, the Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored, as, as always, by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting uh, this season. Everything from uh, NFL playoffs, now the Super Bowl, we're ready for the Super Bowl, uh, to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. The Blue Devils, uh, yeah, After since we last spoke, our last episode, uh, they were coming off the the lopsided, tremendous performance, best shooting of the season performance against Georgia Tech. Right. Uh, and we talked about how they need to carry that into the next game, keep it going. They certainly did that um, after shooting 55% at Georgia Tech, 52.3% um, against uh, Wake Forest. Jeremy Roach had a big first half, made seven out of his first 10 shots, uh, 17 points in the first half, 21 for the game. Tyrese Proctor had 17 points. Uh, just a great night for the backcourt. Uh, really, really strong play there. Uh, and that's a big improvement that Duke needed to have, didn't they, Sheldon? Yeah, I mean, uh, you said it right there. Roach came in and set the tone early. Like you say, he had 7 out of 10 uh, made shots, had 17 first-half points. That was something that set the tone. And all of our guys saw 
how you know the game's going to start and how it's going to end with Jeremy Roach. And it seemed like you know this guy, he's kind of like you know, like a little bit similar to like you know Chris Paul, where he's able to get that you know mid-range jump shot in the transition, and also able to get the guy on his back on in transition to kind of get people to kind of go off balance. And then all of a sudden he pulls up from the free throw line or 17 feet, and he's hitting that shot you know time and time again. So it was a it was a beautiful thing to watch. And then all of a sudden. You know, Proctor said, hey, let me get in on this too. And all of a sudden, you started seeing Proctor hitting big shots, being aggressive, going to the hole, and finishing at the basket too. So it was a great game, for, especially for our guards, uh, watching them uh, play together, even when uh, Flip was kind of uh, having a tough time yeah. during the first half mostly. But he didn't know. He came up big for us <laughs> late, uh, late in the game. But it, it, we needed that until, you know, he was able to kind of get into the rhythm of the game. Yeah, I did want to talk about Kyle Filipowski because he really played, you know, let's face it, kind of struggled the first half. I think he had, he ended up with six turnovers in the game and most of them came in the first half. Uh, but he really came on late and he scored the last seven points of the game for, for Duke, a big three-pointer uh, with about a minute and a half to go to put him up by seven. And then he got another dunk on a pass uh, with 30 seconds to go uh, from uh, Grandison, uh, fed him for a dunk, give him a nine-point lead. To get so they can hold on for the win, but um, that's what I want to talk to you about, Sheldon. What really I really noticed about Flip was, uh, as a freshman, that's a game where you're not playing well, you're kind of out of the flow. You're, you know, um, if you remember early in that game, he got switched off on, on defense to a guard. I think it was Appleby, and he fell down. You know, Appleby drove right past him for a blow by layup, and right, you know that right. can hurt your ego. That's embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that to happen, and that right. could be in your head. Uh, but boy, he really showed some some guts and some moxie to play very well down the stretch and make the baskets Duke needed to win. So um, really props to, to Flip for that performance. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, first of all, Appleby, I didn't know much about this kid and this kid, he can go. Like, I was yeah. like, I was very surprised with some of the moves he was making, but this kid can go. Um, but go back to Flip, you know, this guy is our star on our team. He didn't have it going. Like you said, he got crossed over and fell to the ground. That can do a lot to a young mind, young ego, as you said. But the fact that he kept going and kept at it, you know, a lot of young players don't, don't do that. You know, you can see it with his moves because he kept trying to go into the, the physical contact and trying to make something happen instead of letting the game come to him and taking what's given to him. So I understood what he was trying to do. And that's the young part of his game, of you know, just trying to hurry up and force things. He didn't have to do that. But then when he started kind of coming down, especially in the second half, all of a sudden he was starting to get into his sweet spots where he was getting the ball over his left shoulder, kind of like, you know, a little baby hook or chip shot type thing. <laughs> and he started seeing the ball going in the basket, which led to, you know, the top of key three that he did to actually put us, you know, you know, up and, uh, you know, kind of have the game a little bit out of reach, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And then on top of that, where I'm not sure what was the defensive breakdown for uh, Wake Forest, but the fact that they let <laughs> Flip to go coast to coast on from the, I guess from the half court to uh, to the uh, basket, like they was playing on the wrong side, and Grandison yeah. looked and saw that, and they locked eyes, and then all of a sudden, boom, that's a big dunk, and it's deflating for the team that had to happen, especially having mental uh, lapse on defense that late in the game for Wake Forest. Yeah, uh, and they they really took advantage of that, and you, know, you mentioned. Um, Proctor and Roach, uh, we talked earlier about them, and I wrote this this week in the in the NNO about how, <clears throat> if you think back to the first game of January, 
that was the NC State game, right? And I think Roach and Proctor combined for nine points and five or six turnovers, and they were two of 13. I mean, just a horrible performance, right? <clears throat> anyway, you slice it. All the way to the last, the last day of January was the Wake Forest game, and they combined for 38 points, and that was they were the difference in the game. I mean, if they don't play like that, Duke's going to have a hard time winning. Uh, so what a lot of growth. You know, Roach went through the injury. He was out for a little bit. He's come back. He's playing through that now, playing with some confidence. He was shooting in that game like he did last March in the NCAA tournament. Right, right. And, and then Proctor seems to be finding his rhythm. And I want to ask you about one play in particular, if you, if you remember this. Um, the the alley-oop he had to Lively for a dunk where he kind of split two wake defenders. He I made mean, a nice little, I mean, kind of crossover dribble. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and got in that little that little space, and he could have dri- drove into the basket, but he saw Lively and just threw it up there. And um, <clears throat> that, to me, as a freshman, that happened to ha- happen right in front of where I sit, courtside, and I was like, "Wow, that was like that was a big time play." Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, this guy, he had it going, and he knew that he had it going. But when he kind of split that little, we call it kind of like a window uh, between you know, the two defenders. And he saw that it was two on one. And he's like, you know what? I could take it up myself, but I have an easier, you know, basket just throwing it by the rim. And, you know, athletic library going to get it. Also, him getting back into the vault and involved with the game rhythm, you know, because we're going to need all of our guys at, you know, various points throughout the, you know, the season in the games. You know, Lively started off, you know, you know, pretty well for us. And then he wound up picking up two fouls. They kind of, you know, got him out of, out of the, um, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the second foul, uh, I'm not sure if it was Proctor or if it was Roach, but it was kind of the guard's fault where he kind of threw the ball up to uh, Lively and Lively went to go get it and he wound up causing him to get the second foul. Yes. So I was glad that it kind of came full circle for Lively a little bit in the same game where he was able to have the same play, but a different finish, and he was able to actually finish the play. Exactly right. That gave him a much better feeling about that. You know, the, the guards kind of did him wrong, <laughs> causing that foul. Right, right. Um, knocked him as out of the a, game. As a, big, as a big, I'm like, oh, you see this, and now I'm sitting, and while you over here playing, I gotta watch the game, and now I'm mad about this. But that's how it goes sometimes for bigs. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, Shire put him back in later in the first half with two fouls, which is a sign of growth, right? right he right, right. he trusted him not to pick up the cheap third foul uh, before the end of the half, and then he played well in the second half too, and. um you know, he's he's really found it. We, we've talked about him a lot this year about how he's he's found his groove defensively. He, I think he blocked four more shots in that game, um, had 10 or 11 rebounds, which is if he can do that every game, that's fantastic. Right. Very, very much so. <laughs> I mean, if you can get him to do uh, 10 points, you no, know, I would push a little bit more to like 12 to 15 a game. But, yeah, you know, this is me being uh, a little bit greedy. But, yeah, the, the, just just the fact of seeing him kind of grow from you know, the Georgia Tech game and then how he started the game. Unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to actually, you know, take that next step because of the foul trouble. But you kind of see he was aggressive. I mean, we even saw, uh, you know, a couple of moves that he was trying to attempt to make in the post. You yeah. know, uh, it's, it's, it's coming. It's just that, you know, something keeps happening where we don't see it, you know, fully click over. And uh, there's nine nine ACC regular season games left now because Duke's seven and four, and then the tournament, the two tournaments. So there is time still. That's something that we talked about with uh, John Shire's press conference on Thursday, uh, leading into the UNC game. I was talking about how there's still there is still growth available for this team, and uh, they've come a long way, particularly offensively. 
in the last two or three games. And uh, Lively is part of how they can get even better offensively and, and get some more uh, high percentage shots, things like that. He's going to be challenged. Go ahead. I'll cut you off. You have something to say about that. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. There's also one player that I would love to see in that whole rotation as well and haven't really seen it. And that's Granderson. Like, you know, we saw that he's supposed to be 40% three-point shooter, and we're not seeing that, and we need that. And I'm like, you know, at some point, he's going to figure out how to play in this system because it does a lot different than, you know, playing in Illinois. But the fact that I'm waiting for this to happen, I haven't seen it happen. And I'm like, is he really a 40% shooter? Because I haven't seen it. Maybe in practice he's like that and he hasn't translated over, over to AC games. But I'm waiting for him to kind of turn that page as well. And I'm hoping he does it sooner than later because we need that outside shooting and we haven't really seen it consistently yet. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he'll be coming off the bench and doing that, but that's okay. If he can come off the bench and hit, you know, two or three, three pointers a game. Three, yeah, yeah. That's all it takes. Right. And then yeah, he, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> then they will stop coming out playing that zone. And all of a sudden they got to play as man to man and, you know, their game plan, wait for us. Their game plan was to be small and try to, out quick us and, you know, trying to make us, you know, guard on the perimeter, not knowing that we do have guys that can actually, you know, defend the basketball. You know, that's something that once, once we're locked in, we're one of the better defensive teams in the, in, the, in the country once we're locked in. And they found that out where we can have uh, our tall unit in and still be able to uh, guard the, the small guys. And that's what we did against uh, Wake Forest. Switching one through five. Lively right, could guard correct. a point guard. Correct. Uh, yes. Filipowski. You know the the crossover Appleby got him on, notwithstanding that does happen. Hey, that was a hell of a, hell of a crossover. But Filipowski can guard guards too, not as well as yeah. Lively, but yeah, he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, that they, they do great job of, of uh, especially at home, of communicating on ball screens. You know, switching off so that doesn't impact them. Um, I, I got a story that's coming out uh, uh, right here before the UNC game about about the defensive approach. Jay, Jay Lucas is kind of the defensive coordinator, is what Shire calls him. They brought him in from the outside. And what they're doing this year differently than Coach K's teams, and I think I may have mentioned it with you, is they'll be playing along and they'll throw a zone out there just for one one or two possessions just to kind of get an offense out of its rhythm. And then, you know, go back to whatever, you know, man-to-man. Like they, they play 95% man-to-man, but uh, that zone's out there, just a little wrinkle, a little curveball. Like, and it's a 1-3-1 one, one, sometimes, a 2-3. Uh, 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 sometimes they'll do a press. But um, that has made Duke a very good defensive team and that's been there pretty much all year. It was the, you know, in the off season, Shire said, we're going to be good, good defense rebounding. We'll build on that off of that. And uh, I know as you know, defense is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> correct, correct. You have to love that. You have to love what you're seeing on that. End of the correct. Court. Correct. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it is a little bit different. Like you said, with coach K, you know, we only really play zone if we had to, because, you know, uh, uh, starter is in foul trouble where we need him because you know that person has it going whether it be on the offensive end or defensive end but we need that person to stay in the game so he would do it like that but the fact that john is doing a little bit different where we are still man to man but we're going to give him different looks and trying to shake things up throughout the you know the course of this game because it really is basketball just it's like chess you know we over here trying to see two guys play chess with each other and trying to make plays and trying to see what they can actually exploit you know, more so than other and everything. But also you have great players that are going to take up, you know, and take over at some point too. So that's kind of the X factor as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of chess match, we're going to see it Saturday night. We're going to see yep, yep. experienced Carolina team, the four starters back from last year's 
you know, the two games that uh, uh, there were three games, Duke won handily at the Dean Dome. Right, and then, of course, right. Carolina got the win at Cameron. You were there. You, yeah, all that. Sure. And then, yeah. and then the final four, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the way, the way it turned out, um, yeah. you know, I asked John uh, Thursday at the presser about how do you compartmentalize that? How do you put aside that pain of those two losses? I mean, there's no way to get around that uh, and, and do it. And he just said, you know, one, one thing he said was it would be a, a one-on-one conversation. Jeremy Roach is the other, the guy who felt that pain because he was on the court Blake's to a lesser extent. Nobody else was there. You know, they were all, Kyle Filipowski was at his prep school in Boston, you know, watching it with his, with his buddies. Um, So it is a whole new team, right? Um, But Carolina is not a whole new team. They have, you know, Baycott, RJ Davis, Caleb Love, uh, Leaky Black are all back starting from last year's team. Uh, So they're going to present a lot of the same problems they did to Duke last year. Uh, Baycott in particular, that's going to be fun to watch in the post. How I, you know, I'm confident it'll be lively guarding him to start out, right? Um, right. Uh, what do you think about that matchup with Baycott is a tremendous rebounder? He's chasing your, you know, chasing the rebounding records you set. Um, uh, <laughs> ACC yeah. list and everything. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, I don't feel too good about that. You know, I want my name to stay up there forever, you know, right behind the great uh, Tim Duncan. But, you know, if he's going to be able to pass it, you know, he ha- he's had a great career, you know, um, him coming back for the fourth year to actually try to accomplish things. I get what he was doing because, you know, they lost in the championship game last year. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we've seen this story already where we kind of like, oh, we're going to downplay Carolina because, we have success against them in the, in the past. And all of a sudden that one game changes their, their trajectory of uh, how the rest of the season is going to go. We saw that, like, you know, we saw last year where all of a sudden they, they've been playing bad, playing bad, playing bad. And all of a sudden, boom, they got a win. And that win was uh, against, uh, you know, us against coach K's last game. Mm-hmm. And then they just went straight skyrocket to, you know, the final game. So we've seen that. So we can't take that lightly. And that's something that we have to have in the back of our head because, only, like you said, only you know real person have you know experienced that was Roach and a little bit of Blake's as well. But we can't let that happen. We have to protect home court like we've been doing. Even though Carolina is still a dangerous team, they have four of their starters back. We have to make sure that we are being aggressive, and hopefully we don't have any laps because early in the second half, started second half, I want to say for the first five to seven minutes we had a, a lapse where we couldn't really score the ball. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Wake had the same lapse, so it was no <laughs> no real pressure, but we can't have a uh, lapse like that where we're not able to score the ball. If we do, it, they can't score either like they did against Wake. But we have to be able to be aggressive and have everybody contributing like they've been doing. I mean, I saw a stat where we have 74 assists over the last four games. Like, we're sharing that thing. Like, you no, know, everybody's yeah. touching the ball. Everybody's feeling a part of it. Everybody's feeling like they're actually in – game rhythm when they actually on the court so it's not like just just going through you know straight cow and then kicking out to roach whatever you know everybody's touching the ball and that's a good thing about watching us play especially lately um how we are sharing the ball and being unselfish it really is a connected offense now i mean and i think again thinking back to that nc state game just a month ago that was a lot of individual play there's a lot of dribbling and and and, you know uh trying to find a, a gap and there wasn't there and um, waste, you know, passes that didn't really gain you anything. Right. 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 And now we're seeing, you know, passes that mean something. One pass leads to another leads to a layup. One pass leads to another leads back out to an open three that, that somebody's hitting. So 
Um, that's been a real improvement that I've seen and you've seen, and I think everybody that watches Duke on a regular basis has seen over the last you know couple of weeks here. And I know that uh, Filipowski was telling me that uh, the week between, I think it was the Clemson loss and the Miami loss, they didn't have a midweek game that week, right? Uh, and they got to spend a week working on things. They, he said they changed a lot of their offense during that time was to try to make some little adjustments here. Uh, and the approach, like you said, that, that gets everybody involved. And uh, so that, it's not four guys watching one guy dribble, and you never want that in offense, do you? No, no. I mean, that's one of the worst things where I it's like the James Harden thing, where you see just a guy just dribbling, 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 and we're just standing in there watching, like everybody else is watching in the gym, like here. And then all of a sudden, oh, two seconds left. Here, go ahead, make something happen. I'm like I've been standing here for the last you no know, thirty seconds, and now you want me to do something? Like I'm cold now. Like you no, know, right. that type of thing. So it's great to see that we're getting away from that whole one-on-one, I call it savior basketball, where you just give it to your best player, let him do his thing, whatever. There are, don't get me wrong, there are times for that in the game. Yeah. But the fact that we don't have a team that's able to do that consistently, we might have a time where somebody has it going and just keep feeding him the ball, but we don't have anybody like that consistently. So I'm glad that we are good enough to listen to the coach saying, hey, we got to share the ball and be unselfish. And then once we do that, everybody shines. Exactly right. And you know, the last couple of games, Duke's played very well and won without Derek Whitehead, who who uh, had started to to show some signs of why he's going to be a first round pick. Um, they're hoping. I know we're gonna we're taping this on Thursday. It'll come out on Friday uh, for him to to get back to practice, maybe Thursday or Friday, and to see how he uh, comes out of that uh, dealing with that. Uh, they're calling it a strain or a sprain in that lower left leg. I don't know if it's the Achilles tendon or the calf muscle. It's some something in there, a ligament. Uh, that is giving him discomfort. Um, they're taking their, they are taking a lot of time for him to get back, rightfully so. He has such a bright future um, uh, in pro, as a pro that uh, they want him to be 100% healthy. And so uh, Shire said Thursday he could play against Carolina. I guess we won't know until Saturday. We'll see how he's feeling. Uh, but either way, um, the team has come so far along with, with what they're doing. Jaden Shute is getting a little few more minutes. Uh, we saw him. Uh, you saw him in Atlanta, you know, he missed a couple of shots, but he's getting out there in the rhythm, right? Um, right, right. At some point, they may look to him. You talked about Grandison. If Shoot can do that, if he can come in and hit one or two three-pointers off the bench, how much that difference that'll make for the offense, yeah, I mean, right? It's, that spot is open. I mean, the spot off the bench where we're looking for, uh, kind of dating myself, but, you know, the the microwave, you know, Vinny, you know, come off the bench and, and you know, score that basketball like that. We need to have somebody like that, and I thought that's going to be Grandison, but it's not him as of right now. So if Shoot can come in, and as of right now, nobody's going to be over here trying to double-team you or anything like that over. You're going to have these open shots and everything. So if you are, you know, able to get that corner three and get it kicked out to you and you make a couple, and all of a sudden you start seeing that basket widen, you know, widen up a lot more than what it is, and your confidence just goes throughout the, throughout the roof and as well as the whole team. And that's what we've seen with Proctor uh, in January and Roach of late. So um, that's what you want to see. You want to see it uh, get contagious there for all those guys. So, all right, the big, the first battle of the blues, we're ready for that. 6.30 PM on Saturday um, on ESPN, obviously college game days in town. The whole circus is here. You know what? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It's time. It's time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So we'll have another episode. Uh, Sheldon and I will tape on Sunday. Um, reaction to the to the big game, 
Uh, and then we'll have to be a quick turnaround because Monday night Duke plays at Miami. At Miami uh, yep. That's a tough turnaround there, man, going yeah. on the road um, after that game. And we're going to break that down on Sunday. I won't get into that yeah. too much right now, but that's that's that the schedule makers didn't do Duke any favors there. Everybody no. thinks Duke gets all the edges. <laughs> they no, didn't get that no. one. No, definitely did not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Um, the Believe in Duke podcast sponsored by Bet Online. We appreciate their support. Appreciate all our regular listeners. Thank you so much. Sheldon, enjoy the game Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You too. And uh, enjoy the rest of your groundhog day. That's right. Very <laughs> good. See you everybody next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.